Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I want to give you guys a, a, a few testimonies. I love to start out with testimonies because, one, it prepares your spirit for what I'm going to talk about tonight. Uh, I've started this journey, and I, I like to call it a journey because uh, it's a progression thing. started at a small level, and it, it progresses in everyday intimacy. And what I'm going to be talking about tonight is, is relationship with the Holy Spirit. But we're going to, you can go ahead and turn your Bibles there. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. And we're going to spend all night in that scripture. We'll, we'll hop around, and I'll give you some backdrop from some other scripture. But uh, we're going to spend the majority of the night right here. And uh, I just want to read it right quick, and then we're going to pray about it, and then we're going to break it down. And then I, But I want you before, and I want you to do this for yourself before we get ready to go into this. Because, uh, and by the way, I'm on call for my job. So my phone is in my back pocket. It is on ring. And if I get a phone call in the middle of this service, no disrespect to this house or to you or to the Father, I'm going to answer it. I love you guys. Uh, <laughs> I have to work, but I got a word, so I'm going to give it to you. Uh, it, if you allow this word to get in your spirit tonight and then you apply it, you'll begin to see things happen in your life that are so far outside of your ability that only God can receive glory. This week, past two weeks, progressing in my relationship with Holy Spirit, I've begun to see things take place in my life that I can never take glory for. I can never sit down in bed at night and say, Wow me, I did good today. It takes you out of a place where Christianity is no longer about you. We need some more Christians that are more about Him. I meet so many Christians that are so consumed with themselves. You say it on any level, whether it's your agenda, it's your schedule, it's about what you're going through, it's about the darkness you're being attacked with. All I hear is self indulgent Christianity and we're blinded to the need of the world around us when we as believers as Christians not non-denominational not Baptist not Pentecostal but Christians not titled by a religion but Christians they called them Christians as a slight to them they that original word come when they were acting so much like Christ the religious elite called them that because it was supposed to be a disrespectful thing but that word is so common but carries no power when you become a Christian, it is saying, I am Christ-like. You shouldn't have to label yourself that. The world around you should label you that. When we realize the intimate, personal relationship we were created to have with Holy Spirit, it will begin to change everything about the way we view Christianity. Holy Spirit is god with us. He is our heavenly Father in the Spirit with us. It's Paracletos. It's the one called along beside. Tonight, I hope you leave this place hungry for a friendship with Holy Spirit instead of a religious, uh, calisthenic I put it together because it's what I'm supposed to do so I can keep my head afloat. No, you need to leave here tonight hungry to build relationship that will affect your entire life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you've got a word. And Satan has tried to shut down, stop, do whatever he can to stop this word. So I pray everything he's tried to do, you heap it a hundredfold in the progression that this word is going to take place in our hearts tonight. Just pour it in and then pour fire on it, gasoline on it, that it ignites something in us that we hunger for the intimacy with you, Holy Spirit. That we leave here not ready for another church service, but we're ready for day in, day out communion with the Father. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to read a quote right quick by Bill Johnson. It's a book I've been reading called God is Good, and I just want to read it because he pretty much just hits on some amazing stuff that we'll talk about tonight. It says, One powerful concept in the kingdom is that you get more of what you have by correctly stewarding what you have. If we can make that adjustment and learn to live in grace, our conduct changes so much more dramatically than when we try to work to obtain favor. Some of God's commands are not so much to require performance of us as to create correct appetites. Living out of a passion is so much more Christ-like than li merely living out of good discipline. I'm, ta I'm talking to the heart that ain't got passion right now. That's wondering where the passion's at. Or maybe you have passion and you don't correctly know how to apply that. I was sitting in my office earlier, getting ready to bring you this word, and I want to share this before we really dive into the meat of this message. The Father, when we were created to be in this friendship and this relationship, it was supposed to be a two-way communicating street that we're on with the Father. I get in relationship, I hear Him speak and I obey, I speak back, and he relays things to me. It's Holy Spirit deciphering the things of God in my relationship with my Father. And if I'm going to teach you some things tonight, and Holy Spirit showed me in my office earlier, if you have to have a passionate spirit for the things of God to receive what I'm going to show you tonight. And then I was wondering, well, obviously I know that, Father, what are you saying? And he said, but an extreme spirit won't be able to comprehend what we're going to get into tonight. And I said, what is an extreme spirit? And an extreme spirit is a works-driven spirit. It takes the good things of God and frantically and chaotically runs in that direction with that thought process, but they take it so far outside of the will of God instead of seeing it's about intimacy instead of about the thought itself. I'll take the knowledge and run my whole life off of I've got a nugget and now I've got to do what I've got in my spirit instead of realizing that nugget was meant to take me into an intimate place to develop relationship. So we're going to eat meat tonight. So if it goes over your head, pray about it. But I want to see some Christians develop an intimacy where you don't have identity issues. I, I want to see believers that get out of cycles of timidity and fear and a lack of love. If you're not loving, you don't look like Jesus. So why do we so often don't look like Jesus? Why do we not love without contingencies? We have to begin to be the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He came and set one standard. And then he said, it's better for you that I leave because I'm about to send somebody. That is God in the Spirit to be with you, to walk along beside you, so that the standard I gave you, you can accomplish. Right. Not try my best at, but do. We're so consumed with I'm doing my best. That's good. But you were created in this process of growth to look like Jesus. Right. What good do we do the world if it takes me 60 years to finally look like Him? Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I want to teach you tonight that you can begin to walk in the fullness of Christ when you realize the relationship Holy Spirit wants to have with you. That's a big understanding tonight. Holy Spirit wants to have relationship with you. Not that you want it more than He does and I've got to beg for it and hope He comes and visit me and builds this relationship with me. It's know that He is dying. He is so excited. He's like, I can't wait until they realize that I just want to spend some time with them. I want to get intimate. I want to teach them my Father's heart. I want to teach them their true identity. And then not only that, but I want to reveal to them what the world around them needs. It's so much fun. Okay, let me tell you all a testimony. I'm excited. All right. 
I was at work last week, and I was in my work truck. And when I say Holy Spirit spoke to me, the way Holy Spirit in my relationship, when He speaks to me, it's normally like a pressing thought. And I know it's him because I'm developing this relationship with him. I spend a lot of time in the intimate place with him. I need it. I need to know his voice. I need to know his voice more than I know my co-worker's negativity. I need to know it more than, than, than my child's sickness. I need to know it more than what the world says the world's going to do right now, where America's at. I need to know that voice. How, how, can you honestly say in your life right now that's the loudest voice? Because if it's not, you're living in a lesser life than he created for you. You're living in a devalued life when he said abundant life. Abundant life is living when his voice is the only voice that deciphers and decides anything in my life. So I'm in my work truck and I, I, Holy Spirit spoke in the way he speaks to me and I was coming back and he said, go down the locks and dam road, somebody needs healing. And I'm at work. So I was just like, all right. So I just broke off down there. And I'm not kidding you. As soon as I got on the road, the dump, the, the trash truck was broke down in the middle of the road. And there's two guys just standing out there for the picking. They're just, woo, got you secluded. You about to get Holy Spirit up, boy. <laughs> but it was so cool because I had no thought of going down there. But I'm in this intimacy with Holy Spirit, and he's just speaking. It's not like a playback recorder where when I walk from here to the door, he's like a jumble, you know, murky, chaotic voices. That's how we live most of our lives, trying to decipher all these thoughts. But when you get into intimacy with him, it's like, it's amazing. It's amazing how much better sleep I've got at night since intimacy with Holy Spirit. You ever lay in bed and your mind just run? It's because you aren't in the peace of God when only His voice is speaking. Do I have the temptation of other thoughts come in to take my process off of Him? Of course. But I've spent intimate time with Him and I know His voice better than any other voice. And I choose to listen to that voice. Back to the garbage truck. So we walk up to the garbage I, I pull up to the garbage truck. I park my truck. I get out. And their truck had just broke down. The fan belt broke and the thing went through the radiator. It was bad. They were waiting on a tow truck. So I walk up and he told me to go for healing. But I thought it was knees when I walked up. So I'm talking to this guy. I'm, I'm, I'm small talk. And I said, man, do you have something wrong with your knees? No, I don't have anything wrong with my knees. I was like, man, do you have any pain in your body? No, I'm good, man, good. I was like, dang, I know he sent me down here. Maybe somebody's fishing down here or something. And then the other guy walked around. I said, hey, man, do you, do you have anything wrong with your knees? No, no, my knees are fine. I was like, dang. He goes, but I do got something wrong with my shoulder and my wrist. See, you'll just, you just, I just gave you a view into my process. I heard his voice to go down there, but I wanted to take my comfortability because me I'll get in a comfortable state that if he'll give me a body part I'm more likely to step out and pray because it gives me confidence that there's no room for error but when I just trust that he just said you need healing it don't matter what it is then I step out in relationship and trust that he sent me there for a purpose he said no I got something wrong with my wrist I said let me see what's wrong with it and he had a big knot on his hand just awkward knot right there and it was just hard like it was bone and uh, he said, I got in a car wreck five years ago, and it hurts me constantly. I just stopped taking pain medicine because it just hurts all the time. And I said, okay, well, let's pray. And I grabbed his hand, and we prayed, and instantly Holy Spirit filled him and healed his wrist, just instantly. The knot didn't go away, all the pain left. And I said, he goes, dude, it, it don't hurt at all. And he was just kind of like throwed off that I even showed up and, and then we prayed and it was it just pain was gone. I said, well, if it was a 10 being the worst, zero being no pain, what was it for? It, he said, it's always a seven. He said, it's just constantly like that for five years. I said, what is it now? Zero, done, pain, gone. This isn't just my testimony, it's yours. You understand what I'm saying? I'm no different than you. I'm just in an intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. I have separated the voices in my life through intimacy. You're trying to figure out how to quiet your mind so you can hear God when it was a simple solution. It was quiet time, intimate place. 
learning his voice, spending time with him. Turn the TV off, spend some time with him. It's, 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 a, it's a place you get to where I'm more hungry to know his voice than, I, than to watch my television show. Amen. We want the good things of God, and it's such a simple solution. Spend time with him. Get to know him. When you're courting someone, when I was courting my wife, I spent more time with her because I wanted to know her better. And what's amazing is, like me and Taylor, we've only been married nine months, and it's so crazy how much I've seen in nine months. But she's rubbed off on me, and I've rubbed off on her. So those goofy, corny sayings I have, I catch her saying now, and vice versa. And it's the same way with Holy Spirit. The very fragrance of God begins to rub off on you as you spend time with Him. You want to know why you don't look like Jesus? Because you're not spending time with Him. We have to come to the place that I want to live out the full gospel. I don't want to tell you I have a good Bible knowledge. I want to show you the power that the Word claims. So let's dive into this. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Let's break down these words. Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. This grace. So when I, I, I know the dictionary definition of all these words, just to let you know. I know that. I have a dictionary on my desk. I can find them. But when Holy Spirit directed me to this specific scripture, I sat in the quiet time and I asked him, I want your definition. I, I know what Webster says about it. I know what the Strong's Concordance says. I want to know what are you speaking to me with these three phrases in this verse. And this is what he gave me. Grace that they're talking about right here. Grace to live a beautiful life Jesus showed to us. That our Father de desires for us to live in. It's the grace that when he walked on this earth, he was showing us, this is the life I predestined for you. And now Paul is saying, live in that grace. That grace is the very thing that will give you the ability to live at the standard Jesus just set. Uh, Acts uh, chapter 4, verse 33, you don't have to go there. You can just write it down if you're taking notes. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. In this, this time right here, the apostles are actually getting persecuted. And right before these verses, he's praying, God, uh, see our persecution and get, grant your apostles boldness. Give us boldness because we have seen what Jesus' life has done. We want to live the same life. Now, God, give us great grace. We, we, we're we're going to live in this great grace that we can walk out the life of Jesus. With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection. You have been given grace for salvation, and now you've been given grace to walk out power that Jesus displayed on the earth. Some of you are going to catch this tonight, and it is going to affect everything you see because you have been given the grace of God to live out Jesus' standard. <clears throat> love and the love of God. Love because it is the very thing that God is. And when we live as love, it's no longer a choice, but it is an identity. When it is your identity, you can't step out of it. Does that make sense? How often do we step out of the identity of love? You want to know why your message and the, the thing you claim carries no weight sometimes? It's because you're not consistently love. Jesus' ministry covered that part of the earth and every time they see him, they rushed to be around him because he never stopped being love. It didn't, it didn't matter if he met the Samaritan woman at the well that he wasn't even supposed to talk to her in that day and age and she was a, a prostitute and been with all these different men. Love didn't stop. Love never, when he caught the adulterer and they threw, him at his, threw her at his feet and they said stoner, that was the law back then. Love didn't stop. Why does love stop for us when somebody aggravates us? 
Why does love stop for us when I had to wait in the Burger King line too long? Why does love stop for us when somebody does something and rubs me the wrong way? Why does love stop when somebody talks about me in a negative way? You lost your right at the cross to be offended. We, we, we're holding on to all these rights that we lost when we took on Jesus' image. You don't have a right to a bad attitude. Man, some of y'all are like, ooh, I don't know. I had one yesterday. It feels like I have a right. It doesn't. You don't. You have no right to look any other way than Jesus. A love life that looks like Jesus leaves no room to be rude, have a bad attitude, hold grudges, be aggravated, agitated, or hurt by people. How many times have you found yourself hurt by a person? How many times have you found yourself hurt by your spouse? Oh, it was my birthday and I expected this. And I, well, they did this and that's nice, but it kind of hurt my feelings. Or I expected more on this day or this is going to happen and I, I, I did this and they didn't notice. Y'all understand the mindset that we've slipped into in Christianity? We are so self-indulgent. That it's about me and my feelings and my emotions. Do you understand what it does to a person when they're, when they're mean to you, when they're rude to you, when they talk about you and you don't step out of love? When you can still receive a word from Holy Spirit that encounters the, them where they're at? When the love of the Father just blows on their life because you allowed yourself to just stay looking like Jesus? I don't, if you're rude to me, I don't have to get mad. My, my emotions are not tied to you. They're tied to the intimate place I'm spending with Jesus. It, it's amazing because when I first got my new job, I, I worked around with some guys that would really prod at who you are. They'd just pick, just pick all day, just eight hours. Just, they would just spend picking at you, joking at you. And it would just, after a while, you'd just get aggravated. I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't want to be around them. But I wasn't looking like Jesus. I was so in the wrong. I, couldn't, I would come home and give myself the excuse that they did it to me. They don't know Jesus. I do. I claim Him. And now I'm supposed to be spending time in the intimacy with Him that all I look like is love. We, we've got to stop coming up with bad doctrine that allows us to stay in our inabilities. I don't live in my abilities anymore. It, in my self-ability, I can't love when I'm hated. I, I, can't, I can't be joy when there's no joy to be found. But we were never called to live in our natural ability. That's right. We were called to be in a spiritual, intimate relationship with Holy Spirit that allowed me to constantly, hear me, that's not extreme, that's biblical, that I stay in a constant state of intimacy with Holy Spirit that I don't look like anything else but Jesus. It is a process, but if you don't spend time with Him, you'll never look like Him. You'll never know what His heart is for the people around you. You'll never know how to not be hurt and your emotions hurt and your feelings hurt. And He did this and they did that. You can stand in a place where you don't change. Where you just stay knowing what God says about you and you live it out. If love is who we are, we lose that inner desire that says, I have rights and needs. And then we take that and we make a box and we put people in it and they, when they react toward us. And therefore, I can't respond and react off of other people instead of God. I, I, I feel when you're not in the intimate, it's so easy. I, I show, I, I'm, te I'm teaching you what God is teaching me right now through experience. I'm not just throwing something out there. I'm giving you self-experience right now. When I'm not in the intimate place, I get an inward uh, inclination that I have a right to put you in a box. Like, you need to respond this way, you need to act this way, you need to talk to me this way, and I have a right because I'm a person and you should respect me and I deserve honor and I deserve respect. No, you deserve an intimate relationship with Jesus that's not affected by the world. That's the right you have.
When you step into this place, you won't get in these cycles that your feelings are hurt. And, oh, i, I got to reconsider who I am because somebody said this about me or they talked about me or I prayed for this person and it didn't happen. Well, then, therefore, my identity was in that. It wasn't in the intimacy. God, all, take all the programs, take all the ministries, take the praying for people and all that good stuff and just set it to the side for a second. And it was all about intimacy. It all comes back to intimacy. It all comes back to spending time with Holy Spirit developing a relationship. All right. Big finale. Woo! I'm excited about this part. Communion of the Holy Spirit. Y'all ready to know about some communion with Holy Spirit? I just believe y'all are just going to leave here a bunch of Holy Spirit maniacs praying for people. and It's going to be awesome. Feelings not getting hurt. It's going to be a lot of fun. Communion with the Holy Spirit here is absolutely incredible. This word breaks down to three, four words. I'm sorry. Participation, communicate, fellowship, and partnership. <laughs> That's good stuff. You realize what Holy Spirit's calling you into? This thing is a blast. You just get so far past you. You know what the best thing that ever happened to me was? Build a relationship with the Holy Spirit and left Colby back there. I just got out of Colby. It's the best thing ever. I, 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 my emotions and feelings that are flaky and fickle are all back there outside of intimacy with my Father. Now I have a clear communication line with Holy Spirit to be available to see thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We quote all these, pray, these scriptures, but are you seeing it? Are you seeing the kingdom of heaven manifest in your life in any way? Participation. Let's break this word down. Participation, communicate, fellowship, partnership. Participation is the call to be co-laborers with God. Holy Spirit means one called along beside. He is to be our best, most intimate, personal friend. He is God with us. Participation. Holy Spirit was sent to be with us that he can get the Father's will, heaven on earth. We're not waiting to be raptured. One day it'll be beautiful. We'll go spend all of eternity in heaven. It's going to be a blast. But in the meantime, God wants to get heaven to earth. He wants to get his goodness and all that he is to earth. So the people that don't know him can come back into reconciliation. And that is back into right relationship with the Father. When we participate, when I get in an intimate communication with Holy Spirit, He speaks and I participate. I am obedient. My voice, I hear it. I hear His voice and I participate. I want you to say it. Participate. participate. You don't have to put so much emphasis on the P. But we're good. Communicate. is to talk with. I know, that's a, <laughs> it's a complicated definition. Communicate is to talk with. For Him to speak and we respond, and also for us to speak and Him respond. He is a friend. If anything else you don't get away from tonight, go home knowing that there shouldn't be stress on your relationship with the Holy Spirit. He is a friend. How was Jesus and the apostles when they walked on the earth? They were like 12 best friends. They just spent time together. They seen Jesus doing things, and they did the things Jesus did. It's a friendship that you get in with the Spirit of God. It, it, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to air Cody out for just a minute. <laughs> but, okay, so, so I love to watch people begin to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It is a blast to me. Because it's who we were created to be. And I know that when you step into that, I don't have, like sometimes in the church and, and when you get in leadership, you get connected with people and you worry about them. You worry about their, their spiritual state and you, you worry about all this stuff. But it is the best feeling in the world when you have people around you that you love and when they begin to, you see that development of Holy Spirit relationship, it's almost like you can just, I, I don't even have to worry. 
Like, they're just good. I know that me and him are fighting the same battle. That relationship's being developed. You want to know why you have to worry about so much stuff and where spirit, uh, where's people's spiritual uh, barometer going to be at and all this? Because we haven't developed Holy Spirit relationship. But uh, so I seen this happening, Cody, the other day when we had this softball tournament. And me and Josh, we normally, we invite everybody to church and we're praying for people and stuff like that. Well, we're in the dugout and this guy we don't know was there. And never once did it even cross either one of our minds to ask him to church. It never, I mean, I just never even thought about it. We were in the gym the other day. Cody come up to me and he said, did, did, you, did you ask Jeremy to church? I was like, no. He, did you think about it? I said, man, it never even crossed my mind. He said, man, Holy Spirit told me I knew I was supposed to ask that guy to church. I was like, ah, he got you. He sunk in now. Now you just got to build a relationship. It's so much fun because I want you to see that. Holy Spirit spoke to me to go pray for somebody for healing. Holy Spirit spoke to him to invite somebody to a community. Just as important. Equal value. Because he's developing a relationship with Holy Spirit and he was hearing him speak. And he went back and made it right, so I'll cover you there. <laughs> because we have completely backburnered communion we have to teach how to deal with unanswered prayers and how to persevere when God is quiet. Jesus never taught how to deal with that because we were not meant to deal with it. How? Okay, this is something, uh, if we don't get nothing else, we're going to stay right here for a minute. How many times in your life have you made the statement, God's quiet, or I'm in the wilderness? I can't hear him speaking. I had to go back and check myself when Holy Spirit began to teach me this because I've made that quote a lot in the past five years. Go back to the last time he spoke. I promise you, you'll find your misdirection there. He didn't stop talking. You stopped listening. Communication is built on trust. Trust is built through obedience. And when you stopped being obedient, he couldn't trust you with his voice. When you stop hearing from God, he's not condemning you. He's not set you out in the wilderness to teach you a lesson. The lines of communication were broke through your inability to listen when he was speaking. I want to talk about a, a scripture. Or a section when Holy Spirit was teaching me. When Jesus was in the garden. And he was getting ready for them to come get him. The time had come. And he went in and prayed. And he said, Father, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, let it be. Let it happen. And then he got up. Holy Spirit, God didn't talk back. He said, but if not, your will be done. So why is it that when the Son of God is in the intimate, quiet place, speaking to his Father that we don't see him speak back. We see throughout the Old Testament, times in the New Testament, when God spoke, Holy Spirit spoke, uh, God spoke to Adam, I mean, uh, Adam and Abraham, and, and all these mighty men of God throughout the Bible. But when we see Jesus praying in the garden, God never speaks back. Because Jesus already had the will of the Father, and it was to go to the cross. And then Jesus, in His perfectness, was showing us, it said He endured any temptation that we would ever go through. So we see the moment that Jesus knows the fullness of what He's about to go through. And He goes, like we do so many times, when we get the will of God on our life, with clarity, we go because it's outside of our comfort, and then we try to reconsider the will. Jesus goes into prayer and says, Father, if there's any way this cup will pass from me, let it be. You can hear it in his voice. He's trying to see, is there another way that this can happen? But Jesus in his perfectness shows us what it's like when... Everything God is speaking is contrary to what our flesh wants. And he gets up in silence and says, Father, not my will, 
but your will be done. How many times, instead of like Jesus, when the quiet comes, because God has already spoke, instead of getting up and saying, not my will, but your will be done, we build theologies around comforting us to live the rest of our lives in the silence. You don't hear His voice because you have cultivated a mentality that will allow you to stay in the silence and be okay with it. You were never created not to hear the voice of God in your life. You were never created for this wilderness mentality that God puts you out somewhere to teach you and stops talking to you. Where show me in the Bible where that's biblical. I mean, when we start, when this come up, I had to go to these mighty men of God and say, I'm gonna tell y'all what God told me, and now I need you to poke holes in it because I don't, I've been taught my whole life, God, uh, the teacher's silent during the test. How many times y'all heard that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. How many times have we heard that? I'm in the wilderness, I just can't hear God's voice. I don't know about y'all, but I've seen the Israelites in the wilderness, and God was constantly speaking. Forty years in the wilderness, He was just pouring out His voice. Manna from heaven, water from a rock. He was just constantly being God. And I even believe that God, I don't believe it says it in the Scripture, that God was wanting to speak to them. They didn't want to hear from Him. They were scared of Him. Speak to Moses. We don't want to talk to you. They were in the wilderness. So why do we get in the wilderness and think God stops speaking? And then I have to build a theology around, the teacher's quiet when I'm taking a test. No, you stopped listening. You stopped being able to decipher His voice when you got out of intimacy. When things got tough, you sacrificed your intimacy to try to keep your comfort, and therefore you lost His voice. When the hard times come, I don't abandon his, the intimate place. It's the very thing keeping me alive. But we're so quick to sacrifice it. When things get tough, when things get busy, why is that the first thing to go and the t-ball game stays? Why is that the first thing to go but me going out with my friends stays? I remember when me and Taylor first started dating and I started developing a relationship with Holy Spirit. She knew that when I worked at the Spotted Dog, I was working two jobs. I got off late. I got home late. I was tired. She knew that we wouldn't go on a date until I had my prayer time. She knew it. She wouldn't even come ask me, let's go on a date, if she knew I was unable to get in my quiet time. It's because I, I desire the intimate place more than I desire anything else. And you do too because you have an inner call to see the things of God in your life. To see Jesus manifested. But you don't know how to piece it together because you haven't put the value on the very thing that will get you there. I'm hungry for the things of God, but if I don't step into the intimacy place, the intimate place and know His voice, I can't ask for those things in good conscience. You're, you, those, those are vain and idle words if you don't put action to intimacy and build a relationship with Holy Spirit. Don't ask for those things. Don't seek them because you're not really seeking them. Because seeking them is in the, in, the, in the intimate place. I begin to know Him and I know His heart and I know His goodness for me. You know why I ask, I seek, and I knock? It's because I spend time in Him and I so know His goodness that when I know His will, I can ask, seek, and knock, and I'll see things happen. I, I wouldn't ask, seek, and knock if I never spend time with Him. That, that, that I hate that mentality that I don't have to build this relationship. I don't have to know your voice. I don't have to seclude myself in the quiet time and get to know your voice. To ask for these things, to seek these things, to ask, knock, seek. All these things that Jesus was teaching us while He was here was showing us what the abundant life would look like when we understood when He left, we got somebody. Holy Spirit, God with us to teach us, guide us, lead us, speak to us. We have belittled who Holy Spirit really is. Man, relationship is all about communication, back and forth, constantly becoming more personal and intimate, raising trust. 
It's funny because when I first started building a relationship with Holy Spirit, He wouldn't give me... See, sometimes I've had Holy Spirit give me like a word of knowledge for somebody, and it just be about something that's going on in their life. I have no idea. I don't know what that person's going through, but I'm building an intimate relationship, and as I build this intimacy, I begin to look more like Christ, and therefore I'm in love, so everything I do is in love, so He can trust me with a word of knowledge that reveals something someone's in because all it is is a desire for them to get overwhelmed with His goodness. God is sitting in heaven and be like, I want to show them I know what they're going through so I can just, whoom, I can overwhelm them with my goodness. I can overwhelm them with my love. But when I'm an immature Christian and I, I haven't built time and intimacy, He can't give me something like that. I would abuse it. I, could, I, I might use it against them. I might know something about them that I shouldn't, that I wouldn't use in love. You understand what I'm saying? As you build intimacy with God, He'll reveal things to you that only He can do because you're in a place of knowing His heart and that's all you produce. we got to reproduce Him. I'll quit hitting this mic here in a minute. Uh, Just write these scriptures down. I just want you all to have them just to go back and reference. John chapter 16, verse 13 through 15. Let's see if we need to read any of this. Uh, John chapter 5, verse 19, and John chapter 12, verse 49. I'm just going to let you guys read them in your own personal time as you're developing this relationship with Him. Talking about how we were never supposed to be in the silence. I'm never okay with silence in my relationship with the Father. And y'all remember that extreme spirit I talked about earlier? The reason I said that is, is because... I told <laughs> Pastor brought this up to me the other day. I don't want you to think that every time you see me and I'm walking around, God's just constantly speaking. It's just like an audible voice going all the time. No, that's confusion. He speaks with clarity. That when he needs to speak, he speaks. And I feel him. I know he's there. I know I've built the relationship to know my father is going to speak when he needs to speak. We were never created to be in the silence. Everything Jesus did, he was constantly saying, I only do what I see the Father do, and I only say what I hear the Father say. He was our example. So why did he never go into the silence? Why was he always healing the sick, ministering to the brokenhearted, ministering to the lost? Why was he always doing this and saying, I only do what I hear my Father say? Or to see what my father do. He was the example. He never stopped hearing. He never stopped seeing. He never stopped listening. We got to get rid of any theology we have that says it's okay for God to be quiet in my life. That I'm in a, I'm in a wilderness. No. We've got to get in the intimacy place and begin to quiet the other voices so I can know His. In intimacy, you know when He speaks. I don't have a cluttered mind that I have to decipher through what's God's thoughts, what's my thoughts, what's the devil's thoughts, what's temptation. You want to get rid of all that stuff? Spend time with him. He's such a good father, and he'll give you these things. Uh, The other word, fellowship and partnership. Fellowship is time spent together. It is the time spent together in any place at any time and most importantly, the secret place. Be like if I had never met Taylor before. I've been talking to her through text message. And the first time I get ready to hear her voice, I go into a room with a thousand people. Everybody's talking and I try to pick out her voice. That's what we do when we think we can do a fly-by-the-seat-of-our-pants relationship with Holy Spirit. That I can just bump and go and I'll just get it as I get it. No, I spent time with just me and her. I spend time with Holy Spirit in the quiet, intimate place. So when I get in the chaos, I can hear it. It's clear. I can be in total world chaos around me and I can pick His voice out. The secluded, intimate time where you learn relationship with Him and how to hear His voice clearly Clarity of His voice only comes through the constant fellowship. 
Partnership. I'm going to try to wrap up right quick. Partnership. Partnership is a commitment to stay together. Hear me on this. Somebody needs to know this. I felt like Holy Spirit just told me this. This is very important to someone in here. Partnership is commitment to stay together. I know I can't complete the will of God or operate in the joy that God has set before me without Holy Spirit. So I never try to fulfill the spiritual things in my flesh without Holy Spirit. You can't do this without Him. Don't try. It'll wear you out. It'll tire you out. It'll burn you out. You know, I used to hear growing up Christians getting burnt out. Back then, I just thought that was the way it was until I got a relationship with Holy Spirit and I understood He's the burn cream. <laughs> that was corny. Don't write that down. That was so bad. <laughs> he keeps you from burning out. I'm so sorry. That was so bad. Holy Spirit, forgive me. <laughs> he keeps you from burning out. You know, I used to hear things like, it's not a sprint, it's, it's a marathon. Slow down, don't get burnt out. No, it's a race. And Paul said, I run to win. I'm not slowing down. I'm getting closer to him, and I'm running even faster. Get out of my way if you think I need to slow down. That's how we got to get in this mentality that I was never meant to back off. I was never meant to have seasons where I don't know him any better. I was never meant to have seasons where I step back to a lower level of communication. I was never meant to step back into a lower tier level of intimacy with him. Hard times have no effect on this. Y'all hear me? I've been through some... When we, we've, we've seen some stuff over the past year. It doesn't affect the intimate place. And you may say, Colby, I've been through some bad stuff. Yeah, but I know a lot of people that have been through some bad stuff, and when they didn't step out of intimacy, they defined the bad. They redefined the situation by what God was speaking. Are you tired of the situation defining everything about your life? It doesn't matter what happens when you're developing time in the intimate place. You'll see what God has for the moment, and then you'll get heaven to earth. We're conduit. Man, He is my partner, and I stay in this partnership even when it pulls me out of my strengths and into my weaknesses. God is not intimidated by your weaknesses, and He's surely not impressed by your strengths. In intimate time with the Holy Spirit, you realize, I was, man, I'm, I'm just called to live so far outside of this fleshly ability that I, I'm just, I'm a son, and I'm living in this communion with God. I can't, I can't know that a trash truck is broke down the road and somebody needs healing. I, I can't know that. Y'all understand the truth that is behind everything I'm teaching you tonight. And if you take this and apply it to your life, you will literally begin to hear God's voice and see Him show up in your life. I'm not special. I, I'm not... I'm not being given some holy gift that only gets given to certain people that I can pray for the sick and them get healed. Or I can hear words of knowledge. Or I can hear His voice. No. I've just developed a relationship. And I'm giving you the components tonight to go home and build it yourself. It's like I've given you the Lego set with all the instructions. Go home and build what Jesus, he put his identity on the front of the box and said, if you do it and build this relationship with me, it'll look like me. It looks different because we got these different personalities, but at the end of the day, it just looks like Jesus. I love you guys. That's all I have. I'm going to share one more thing right quick. Hold up. Uh, one more testimony before I round out, and then I'm going to let Josh come. Because I love testimonies because every testimony I've ever shared with you guys in this church, it's just as much your testimony as it is my testimony. We're the body of Christ, and I'm just a member of it. 
we're, it's all of our testimonies. When I tell you something that God has done, he, all it is is he's calling you into the very exact same thing. That's all it is. I was at work the other day, and I was sitting in my work truck, and we had some construction crew there. And I heard Holy Spirit give me, what's funny is I wanted a word of knowledge. And I was like trying to convince myself that I was hearing something. Like I was getting in this place of not just resting in the intimacy. I was trying to build something. And when I just, I, I, I was sitting in the truck and they were out in front of me. And I, I stopped and I said, no, you'll speak when you're ready. I've spent the time with you and I hear your voice and I know when it's you. And I mean, I didn't no more get it out of my mouth. And I heard back and knee. I got out of the truck. And the two guys were sandblasting, and one was standing at the truck, and I walked up to him. I said, and just made a little small talk. I said, hey, man, do you got something wrong with your back? His eyes got real big around. He said, yeah, I got something wrong with my back. I don't sleep much at night. My back hurts real bad. I was like, man, dude, I was just sitting in the truck, man, and just Jesus told me your back hurts you, and he, just, he loves you so much. He just wants to heal you. He just loves you. He just told me about it just because he just loves you and wanted to come touch you. I was like, can I pray for you? We prayed for him. Back. Good, good to go. I was like, man, I heard knee too. I was like, you got something wrong with your knee or one of these guys something wrong with their knee? He was like, yeah, that guy over there does, but he was sandblast. I couldn't get to him. I'll tell you how awesome the father is when you just get intimacy, hear his voice, and be obedient. I couldn't go to him right then. I had other stuff I had to do, so I had to leave. Didn't get to see him for two more days. Two more days later, I seen him, and they were in a part where I could actually get to him. They were kind of taking a break, and I went down there and talked to the guy about his back. He said, my back ain't hurting me no more, sleeping great at night. I asked him, I said, and then the other guy was standing there, and I walked up to him, I said, man, you got something wrong with your knee? He was like, yeah, I got both my knees real bad, real bad shape. They hurt me real bad. Wore them out playing sports. And he said, uh, and I was just about, I just asked him to pray for me. I was about to put my hands on his knees. And uh, he said, uh, before you pray for me, can you pray for something else? I was like, yeah. He goes, uh, I'm an alcoholic, and it's destroying my family. And this morning in the work truck on the way here, I told the guys that I needed to quit because I was losing my relationship with my son. And I wanted to quit, but I didn't know how. Two days ago, he didn't have that conversation. Two days later, he did. And I got to pray with this guy. And in the middle of a construction shot, he is weeping because he's encountering the love of God. That's all we're called to be is just conduits for the love of the Father. I'm not... Somebody special. I'm just sold out and I spend time in the intimate place because I'm hungry to see his love get to those who need it. And to see it get to them, you have to learn how to hear his voice. Right. You take these components. You take this, this starting line because everybody's relationship with the Holy Spirit is going to be so different. But it's the beauty of building the relationship. You take this and you begin to don't be okay with the silence. If you feel like he's being quiet, Go into the intimate place and figure out why you think he's being quiet. He'll show you. He'll talk to you. He'll speak to you. He'll put scriptures on your heart. He'll do different things. He's, a, he's the best dad you could ever imagine. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.